So we're continuing our series called God is Here. And over these weeks, the last week and then this week, we're thinking about God's Holy Spirit and what that means for all of us. And this morning, I want to think about communicating with the Spirit of God. Communication is something that I think we're all trying to figure out right now. Perhaps it's with a, a roommate that you're spending a whole lot more time with than you did before, or perhaps it's with family members or your spouse. I heard a comedian uh, once say, I got in an argument with my girlfriend inside of a tent. That's a bad place for an argument because you had to slam your, the flap on the way out. As we think about communicating, the, your relationships, whether they be good or bad, it is based on communication. It's based on that, that back and forth. It's about being willing to sometimes say something that's hard to each other and then sometimes use your language to be filled with grace. And it's this back and forth. It's about you saying something and also you listening for a while. And the same is true in our relationship with God. It's likely that right as you see this picture of this guy, there is going to be a phrase that immediately comes to mind. Go ahead and put it in the chat if you uh, want to. Um, I'll give you a couple seconds. And this guy from 2002 through 2011 was a spokesperson for Verizon. And at the end of his commercials, and he would have between 20 and 50 commercials that he would put out per year during this time, he would say, can you hear me now? Good. And he said that over and over and over again. And he said it was interesting to notice how he instantly rose to fame and he would hear that all the time. He said even at times I didn't want to hear it at his grandmother's funeral as she was being lowered into her resting place. Someone snuck up behind him and said, can you hear me now? So he said in some ways it ruined his life, but he obviously made a lot of money off it as well. And he recently has switched. He now is a spokesperson for um, Sprint instead of Verizon. And I do love Sprint's advertising strategy. They're basically like, we're almost as good as everyone else and we're a lot cheaper. That's like how they do it. And other people like try to make the claim, we're better, we're better. Sprint's like, we're not the best, but we're cheaper. That's pretty much how, how they roll. But he's now uh, working for them. And I think that phrase is something that we will always associate with this guy, his name is Sa or Paul Marcelli. And we always will think of him when we hear that phrase, can you hear me now? And I think God would ask us the same question, can you hear me now? And that doesn't mean that God isn't gonna like say exact things to you, like you're, you're praying and you spend some time in silence and God's just gonna like give you an audible voice. So I do believe that that can happen. And I do believe that that has happened to people who I truly believe that the stories that they share. I believe that God speaks to us sometimes through the, the leading of our hearts. I believe that God speaks to us through other people, just as we were gathered here in this room, as uh, Sonia said a prayer over us before we started our service. She said to all of us, like, we are the lucky ones because we get a chance to be here and, and to worship God together. And some people aren't able to do that. And as she said, we are the lucky ones. I felt like that was a message from God that I needed to hear. I needed to recognize that, yeah, I'm, I'm very blessed right now. God speaks to us through other people. God speaks to us through silence. It's a dynamic relationship. And God would say, can you hear me? now because we're called to be certain kind of people in the world and we need God's voice to continue to lead us. 
The scriptures open in Genesis chapter one with God speaking the world into existence. He separates day from night. He creates animals and humans all through words. I believe God is still speaking worlds into existence. God is still calling us to be certain kinds of people in the world. Jesus in the gospel of John, and I love how John opens up in John chapter one. It's really like the uh, beginning of Star Wars, how it tells, you know, in a land far, far away. John is so different from the other gospels as he begins to tell this story. He takes this, this step back and is saying all of these very profound things about the nature of Jesus and what it means about God. And what does John call Jesus? John calls him the word, the word was God and was with God. God's word released into the world is Jesus. We still need a deep reliance on God's spirit and presence in our lives. And one thing that separates the Christian faith from other faiths is that we can communicate with God. It's this dynamic relationship that goes back and forth. That it isn't just a monologue with us talking, though. Yes, God wants to hear from us. God desires that our hearts would be made known. But God also speaks and leads us as we continue to live in the world. The book of Isaiah says this this way, whether you turn to the left or to the right, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And if you ever think of the context for the book of Isaiah, I would say that 2020 is perhaps a good parallel. Isaiah is communicating a very, very difficult message of repentance that the people need to hear. And he basically says, things are going to get really, really bad. It's going to get hard. There's going to be nations that are going to overtake us. This is going to be really hard for you to understand and experience. Basically, God's judgment is coming on you. And in some ways, I think we experience a little bit of that in this year, that there's just a lot that we're struggling with and wrestling with. It's hard for us to even take a step forward or to understand what is going on in the world around us. And even in that kind of context, Isaiah says, the voice of the Lord can come to you. This is the way you should walk. Be faithful to listen and hear what God has to say to you. Let the voice of God still and lead your heart, even in a context that's incredibly difficult. As we think about our relationship with God, it's about us speaking, but also being willing to hear. To hear God's leading in our hearts, to hear how God's spirit is asking us to do certain things in our life and in our time. Frederick II was the emperor of the Holy Roman Empire in the 1200s. He did some pretty bad things as he was in charge. And there was a debate during that time about what was the purest language. So some people thought that it was Greek. Some people thought that it was Latin. So Frederick did a terrible experiment. He had 15 babies that had been born just recently. And he sequestered them away and the babies were, were fed and, and taken care of, but not spoken to. And within a year, all 15 of these babies died. 
Because even from the very beginning, we're not just meant to say something. We are, in our very DNA, meant to hear things as well. We are called to speak and say important things, but we're also called to hear. It's so important that we would have hearts that would be prepared to hear what God's message is, what God would hope for us to do in the world. In some ways, this is a bit of a foreign concept, I admit, uh, to me because I was raised in a tradition that was very scripture-focused, and perhaps you were as well if you're watching this. And it was about doing all the right things and making sure you walked on this certain path because God told us to do this in the word of the Lord. And I think scripture is vitally important and so critical. And we think about what God's word has said, but what I think we need to recognize is that God's word helps us to understand who God is, who God would call us to be, and then also to interpret who God would call us to be in our time and in our space. And as we think about God's word and what that means for all of us, we would recognize that it is not God. The Bible is not God. It is a way that we understand who God is. It's a means to an end. It's not the end. In fact, when you think about people who emphasize scripture a lot and following those rules perfectly, who is someone that comes to mind? Perhaps there's someone current in your time who you think of. The people around the time of Jesus who just knew they had it down because the Bible told them so, those are the people that Jesus had the most problems with. He constantly calls them out. One thing that I think we can maybe recognize that is a message of grace that that we need in our hearts is to recognize that it isn't on us to follow scripture perfectly. And praise God, we can like take that shackle off because we are trying our best through the scriptures to understand God's activity, something that is beyond us. And I know that as you think about this, and again, perhaps you're raised like me with a a deep emphasis and love for scripture. And again, I think that's really important. But the Bible is not God, and we can take a breath and relax about that. Because for most of Christian history, Christians haven't had a Bible. only in very recent times that the Bible was translated into the language of the average person. It was only in very recent times that then those were widely distributed enough so people could examine the scriptures and read the scriptures at home. And it's only very, very, very recent that you suddenly have access to it wherever you would go and you could look at it on your phone. Did you know that just a few hundred years ago, People died because they tried to translate the Bible into the language of the average person. It used to be that you would go to the church and the priest would stand before you and say, well, here's what the passage says. And in some ways, that's a little bit appealing to me because I'd love to be able to say, you know, in 2 Peter chapter 4, verse 9, it says that you all need to buy me a helicopter. I, I wish, perhaps, that, no, I actually much prefer this system where there's a good checks and balances and actually the church has been uh, corrupted, I think, at times in history because uh, people have the, these sacred words kept away from the people. And now everybody has it. And that's 
fantastic. And so after a sermon, somebody can come up and say, yeah, Brian, I I was wondering why you got that. I'd like to read this with you some more, or I don't agree with your interpretation. Let's go talk about that. And that's actually really helpful. And I think it's good that we have that back and forth. But for most of Christian history, Christians haven't had the Bible and there's still Christian history. Let's look, people love it when I draw pictures. So let's look at Christian history here. Here's Jesus to around the 1850s. You can argue when the Bible became like super widely uh, available, the Protestant Reformation happened and the printing press. But as far as everybody getting total access to the scriptures, that is really a very, very recent development. And Christian history has survived all of this time without all Christians having the Bible. And that does not mean that it is not a huge asset for our time and that it's a blessing and that it helps us to understand God's word and activity in the world. But Christians have survived for most of Christian history without a Bible and now many Christians worship the Bible. The Bible is a way that we understand God's spirit and presence. And it's an invitation to understand that you are are built for deep relationship with God. One that is about you praying to God and saying what is on your heart and God receiving those things and hearing them, but also about God then saying, all right, now let's talk about how you should live in the world. And as I talked about last week, if you want to try and understand God's spirit and presence, why don't you just this week say, all right, you know, there's this relationship that I'm struggling with. God, what would you want me to do in that situation. God, who are you calling me to be? And I think oftentimes we don't do that because we don't really know the old Jesus take the wheel. We don't really want Jesus to take the wheel. We want Jesus to be in the back seat and to buy the snacks at certain stops. We don't want Jesus to really take the wheel of our hard relationships because we know that if we pray about it, Jesus is going to be like, forgive them again. And we're like, come on, we've done it so many times. Jesus is like, Seven times seven. Just keep, keep going. We know likely who God is calling us to be in some circumstance. And oftentimes we want to hold on to that control. Is there something in your life that you just need to release to God right now? You say, God, I, I want you to lead this situation. It's frustrating to me. I feel like I've reached the end of this. God, would, would you lead me in this? The book of Acts, as I mentioned last week, the whole title is Acts of the Apostles, but really I would argue that it's better called Acts of the Holy Spirit because God is doing all of this this amazing stuff and working through the early Christians. And in Acts chapter nine, there's this great passage. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. So you get this understanding that perhaps Ananias has taken a nap. It's this vision that he has. And what God is going to call him to do is terrible because God is going to call him to go and minister to this guy named Saul. Now think of the worst person perhaps that you know of that you would not want to go minister to. That is who Saul is, who eventually becomes Paul and writes much of the New Testament. But Ananias gets this call to go have this experience and conversation with Saul, who is known to be murdering out or breathing out murderous threats against Christians. So go and talk to that Christian terrorist for a while. Ananias probably doesn't want to do it. That's another sermon for another time. 
But I just love that simple response. You don't know what time of day this was. Perhaps it happened during the day, but I think perhaps it was at night. That he receives this vision from God. He hears his name, Ananias. And his heart is at the ready. And his response is, yes, Lord. Like if I hear my voice in the middle of the night, I'm like a little careful. <laughs> I'm like, all right, what's happening? What's going on? When he hears this voice, he says, yes, Lord. Can you have your heart prepared in such a way that as you hear things that you need to hear, as you think about relationships that you want to work on, as you think about how you spend your time and your money, how you live as a person in the world in 2020, can you imagine getting to a point that when you hear your voice, your gut response is, yes, Lord, what are you calling me to? Who are you calling me to be? I've heard it said that one of the problems with our modern world today is that in reality, we don't think God can do anything. And I would argue Christians often are the same way. We need God to lead us. And just as Isaiah says that God's going to continue to whisper in your ear as you move forward, we need during these hard times to hear this. And again, this can sometimes seem like a new idea or concept because especially in recent Christian history, we've had such a reliance on scripture. But this has been something that Christians have believed forever. There's great hymns like, He leadeth me, which was written in 1880, or Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, which was written in 1675. Christians have believed this forever and we need a deeper understanding of it. We need to hear the voice of God and who God is calling us to be so we don't just practice our faith for an hour once a week. It becomes increasingly who we are. In the Gospel of John in chapter 10, Scripture says this, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. This is Jesus speaking. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of him and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. You know the voice of God. Are you willing to be led by God? And again, I think oftentimes we don't do that because we don't necessarily want to do what God is calling us to do. We want to hold on to our bitterness. We want to hold on to our grudges. We want to hold tightly to the little bit of control that we feel like we have. Would you this week, in, in some way, say, God, I'm just going to let this situation be yours. And I'm going to trust that you would lead me. I heard somebody talking about this one time, and they said, what's 
been amazing about this and in their experience, this is somebody who is uh, way more of a Holy Spirit-led person than me. And they said, there's sometimes when I feel like God is calling me to do something and I get it wrong. Like I go and I try to do this, like God lead me to somebody and sometimes I walk up to somebody and it doesn't really work out and it's the wrong thing that I did. And it becomes apparent that that was the wrong thing for me to do. But I would rather risk at times following God and being wrong than never following God at all. I'd rather at times make a mistake than to just do nothing at all. Are you doing anything with your life? Just following God's voice and leading. Do you believe that God can still lead you? Do you believe that God can still speak to you? Could you have a heart that as you hear your name in the middle of the night, can you have a heart that as you're driving down the street, that you would just say, yes, Lord, as you hear something that you feel led to do. I was visiting a friend of mine, one of my best friends in ministry, uh, Jonathan, who's preached for us before, uh, out at um, his family's place out in rural Arkansas. It's outside of Little Rock. And next to him, uh, there is a person who is a distributor for Little Debbie. So there's this Little Debbie truck that is right next to my friend at Jonathan's place. And this is perhaps the most Arkansas thing ever. But uh, his friend works for Little Debbie. And when the Little Debbies expire, uh, he puts them in this trailer. And anyone in the neighborhood can come have any Little Debbies that they want. And I don't even know that Little Debbies could expire, but apparently it's not that bad to eat them even a few months after their expiration date. And as I, I thought about this, I, as I mentioned last week, can't really do gluten anymore, so I unfortunately couldn't do that. But there is a time in my life that I just would have crushed that trailer. Like basically after breakfast, lunch, and dinner would have been like, all right, who needs a zebra cake? You know, like, and just like walk over. Yeah, I, I know. Zebra cakes are amazing. Just think about whatever your favorite Little Debbie snack was back perhaps at a, an earlier time uh, in your life. And I was thinking about how Back in my 20s, that would have been a terrible thing to have around me, just right across the, the street and just like, oh, yeah, I think I've, I've earned um, something from over there. And I was thinking about how, like, what you have accessible, what it is that is around in your life, it really matters. What it is that's just like right at your fingertips, whether it's for nutrition or anything else, those things that are right around you, it matters and it makes a difference in who it is that you're growing to be. Could you live with such a deep understanding of God's spirit and presence? The one that I truly believe is taught about in scripture that you could live with an infusion of God's spirit and presence in your life. That that's where you turn to. That's where you go to in every moment of every day. I think about the story of the book of Exodus, which is the story of slaves that are released from Egyptian bondage. And it's this story that is unbelievable with all these twists and turns. But something that I think is most fascinating to me is that after these slaves get out of Egypt, as they are wandering in the desert, very soon these people who have experienced this dramatic thing and are walking in this new freedom now, what they start to do is say, it was better for us as slaves back there. 
It was better for us to eat the potted meat that was in Egypt. And if you're dreaming about spam, you've got a problem. But it was better for us to be in slavery. At least we had our meals taken care of. This freedom stuff is hard. I think it is. There are so many little ways that I'm slave to different things. Really, I'm allowing in a lot of ways to control me instead of walking in the freedom that God has called me to. There's a pastor named Mike Felice who says about the book of Exodus, he says this, the easy part was taking Israel out of Egypt. The hard part is taking Egypt out of Israel. And I know that's true in my life. And it's easy for me sometimes to, for an hour or for a bit, to rely on God's spirit and presence and to walk in that freedom. What's hard is for that to be the consistent mode that I go back to. The hard part is taking all this other stuff that I live for and live towards out of my heart and my mind and allowing that stuff to be turned over to God. May we understand that we serve a dynamic God, one who still desires relationship with us, one who I believe at times is saying, can you hear me now? Because I didn't just talk to people a long time ago. I'm still leading my people today. That's why Jesus says, as we studied last week, that I, it's better for me to leave so that you can experience the dynamic presence of the Holy Spirit. Because if you understood just exactly what that meant, it would change your life forever. And you'd have a heart that as you hear your name, as you think about what God is calling you to, that you would just say, yes, Lord. May we all learn to hear God's voice, whether that comes in a real audible, easy to understand way, whether that's through the leading that God's spirit puts on our hearts, whether that's through scripture as we interpret our own time in our space, or whether that's through hearing it from other people. May we understand that God still speaks. And church, we still desperately need to listen. Jesus consistently says in his ministry, those who have ears, let them hear. May we hear what God is calling us to and to infuse and fill our lives with that dynamic spirit and presence.